There's the profit motive of war, and there's damage control for when there's inevitable economic cyclical downturns. World War II is what got us out of the depression, revitalizing our industry. The New Deal was mostly damage control to get the plebs to stop wanting to eat the rich. We're relatively isolated geographically, come in late to the war, Europe's already wrecked, Hitler fucked up, opened up an eastern front when he didn't need to. But Russia's more bad than we are, but we come in and we claim victory, and they're the only opposition left. So it's between us two on the global stage after that. From then on, it's all proxy wars. Have a couple fights in Southeast Asia, uh, there's the Vietnam War, extremely unpopular. They need false flag operations like the Gulf Tonkin and uh, the floated Operation Northwood to build public mandate where we pretend to attack our own ships and blame it on Vietnam as motivation to escalate the wars. JFK is elected as a dove, doesn't want to do any of this shit. We have missiles set up around Russia, they set up some in Cuba, and the military industrial complex wants an escalation, but JFK won't do it, so they take him out. Oswald fires three shots, one headshot, one miss and the third shot accounts for seven injuries across two men which is impossible Oswald's killed right after no answers from him but the motive is there for the deep state and the assassination cover-up is flimsy during this time MLK Malcolm X they're moving away from black centered civil rights and becoming more class conscious and they're building anti-war sentiment the FBI is monitoring them their calls their correspondence uh, they're monitoring the Black Panthers the KKK all sorts of radical groups that they've deemed dangerous uh, with potential for domestic terrorism under operation COINTELPRO. Uh, odds are they assassinated all these people during this time. We're in Afghanistan, building up the Taliban to fight Russia in another proxy war, fostering radical Islamic extremism that eventually comes back to us in 9-11, which uh, we use as justification to invade Iraq for oil uh, with a completely made-up connection to Al-Qaeda. Uh, the war on drugs and the war on terror all pushed uh, to build up the private prison industrial complex, to build a politics of fear, to acquire more surveillance power, and to just Justify unpopular forever wars that benefit nobody, no American, to the point where even the right becomes anti-regime change, as seen in the rifts in the 2016 GOP debates between anti-interventionist Republicans arguing against warmongering neocon. Trump, of the former, wins on an anti-war, anti-trade agenda, and now the media brings back this 24-7, three years of Russiagate hysteria uh, to obscure the fact that the DNC had been coordinating with the media during the 2016 election, and all of this is to uh, delegitimize Trump's completely unimaginable populist upset. But if you think COVID is being used 
to fearmonger people into a stronger surveillance state and cover up this latest economic crash, you are insane. That is some tinfoil hat shit. What the fuck are you talking about? You think they knew the crash was coming from the inverted yield curve in 2019 and the flooded repo market at the end of the year and decided to stir up media panic over a flu and fudge numbers so that they can avoid further populist resentment against the elites that had occurred post-08 crash, all while restructuring the economy to allow a $1 trillion wealth transfer upwards towards the elite, facilitating further monopolization for Silicon Valley and further atomization of the underclass that was already in motion? Come on. You think they used this to rig the election with an unprecedented amount of mail-in ballot irregularities that overturned an election at 4 a.m. with random surges of 100% Biden vote batches in key swing districts? You think they did all this just to have less resistance to Kamala DNC austerity policies, increased surveillance state, foreign intervention, and trade deals? Really? Get a grip. My melonless brothers, there is so much that the government do not want you to know about our situation. A considerable effort has gone into covering up the misdeeds and malfeasances of the federal and state and local governments throughout the United States of America. One such incident was the red light of death on the video game console, the Xbox 360. If you are not familiar with such an occurrence, let me shed some voluminance on the subject. In 2005, the Microsoft Corporation, headed by slave master Bill Gates, released the Xbox 360 to all the honky-ass white people in America to play their video games on. Essentially, what would happen would the be the Xbox button would have these little rings around it that were colored red and then what would have happened was they would light up red and you shit wouldn't be working no more. What is inter interesting to me as a melonless brother, melonless brother is that only three lights would light up. Three out of four of the lights would light up. Now let us calculate some mathematics, my brothers and sisters. 3 divided by 4 is 0.75, and 3 times 2 is 6, and 6, 6 is 2 more than 4, and 6 plus 4 is 10, but 4 is 1 more than 3. We add 1 to 10 and get 11. Uh, 11 times 6 is 66, and since uh, 66, are you following me? And since 66 is two-thirds of 100, we multiply 66 times 100 and we get uh, 660, 606,660. If you take the zero away and multiply this number by 360, what do you get? The number 239,760. And if you divide this number by the original number, 360, what number do you get, my brothers and sisters? The number 666. Now that ain't no joking matter. That's mathematics right there.
It's often said that the elite put messages in movies or on the radio or on TV shows. And part of it's true and part of it's not true. And I have a pretty bleak message for you. The movie Ratatouille was based in reality. There are rats capable of controlling humans by their hair. Now, they don't all work in France. It's not a French strain of mice. These are top-level mice from all over the world. And if you walk into the modern Chinese restaurant, you might see a bunch of these uh, guys from Mexico working in the kitchen instead of Chinese people. And you're kind of scratching your head and you're going, this is a Chinese restaurant. And they just, okay, that's fine. What's really going on is there's Mexican rats, and they're responsible for cooking 90% of the Chinese food in America and in England. It's a transatlantic rat cabal cooking your Chinese food. So just remember that. Now, the Chinese rats are actually very good at uh, Italian food, so but they don't use Chinese people. They use Italian people sometimes. But that's just think about that next time you go to your uh, local restaurant, your favorite hangout. Know that the uh, master chef is just a puppet uh, for a shillingly smart rat that can pull your hair. Um, and that uh, poops, poops on his head. <laughs>
relationship. So I don't have a name. All, all I refer to is the Cat Queen. When the spacemen come from outer space, they're going to be black or brown or melanated because that's the stuff of the universe. Stars are crystallized black. There's nothing faster than the speed of light. That's not true. Faster than the speed of light is the speed of darkness because everywhere that speed travels, darkness is there before speed got out, before light got. Make sense? If you ain't kids, you're gonna fucking die. You can't get over that shit. That's a death sentence. You cannot fucking live. He did blink. He did. The dogs were barking. It's all a fact. He was sending you a message. He is alive. If the bad people got to him, do you think that they would let him sit there and make a, new, a, a video to say goodbye to, to all of you? He was sending you a message. And um, do you think they would have allowed that? No. I was created by you. He has a two-floor plaza and he's got 90 kids going into his parties and stuff and 20 adults. Talking about like the idea of Saturn where you know people associate Saturn with sort of the demiurge or whatever in the negative sense. Right. And the clouds will actually send the lights and make everything look weird. The reason these wars that just have devastated you know millions of people and, and it's just a shame what happened afterwards. It's 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 kind of Esoteric dimensional picture and you were looking there so the story goes, back in the 40s or 50s during World War II, uh, these guys got together and planned a lot of stuff out. A lot of wars or governments. But probably their best plan was they developed the idea of the conspiracy theory, which is to call conspiracies theoretical, like people in power wouldn't cooperate with each other and not tell anybody else. Um, they use this 
to flood the market and encourage people with all these crazy delusions and loop them in with very real uh, plans. So even the term or the history behind the term conspiracy theory uh, has a little theory and conspiracy behind it too. Everything starts out when we're kids. Uh, all of our cartoons and commercials that we see become conditioning and set expectations for the rest of our lives. And as we get older, we discover all of these different species of dragons to chase, uh, all of which are just extremities of this nefarious machine. We have AI-generated personalities. Uh, all of our aspirations and desires are Google-curated. Pretty much all form of media is psychic assault in the pursuit of these mirages of success and status and cultural revolution. Every piece of us must be sacrificed to an omnipresent algorithm serving gods that we'll never see. We should learn to navigate our dreams at night before they're put behind a paywall. sexual jealousy. It's how they get off. It's how they get their sick little rocks off. Sublimation of stiff little dicks in polyester silk trousers. Craning over desks with map projections. Sweat lashing off oily foreheads into Gore-Tex plans of assault. Burnt wire and asymmetric skirmishes. Dry mouth melting Kevlar. Magnesium orgasms and charred dirt half a world away. <laughs> he cleans his glasses. Why'd they bomb Hiroshima? It was a tactical sexual urge that everyone in the chain of command refused to vocalize. Truman knew subconsciously shock and awe, not for the Japanese, but for the high command to get off, to get it wet, to get it tight. The atomic shadow of a vaporized human is the bureaucrat's idea of a pussy. They want you wet in pieces, chum splattered on concrete. A medicated swarm advancing. Cities falling to its Thurkazic insistence. Marching on Parliament, gorged like a dick, flowing like unrefined petroleum in pseudo-solid form, ejecting the Senate from their seats. Nations collapsing in black founders of oil as ejaculate. I'm sick. They want you fat. They want you doing cognitive behavioral therapy. They want you to take Citalopram. Is it a coincidence that you can't come on antidepressants? Haloperidol was first synthesized in Maryland by the IARPA. They want you to obsess over your wellness app and record your negative thoughts. They want you limp-dicked. Alphabet agency invectives in 280 characters. The zany head dead continue to rise. The streets are filling out with parasapien drones. The deep future is vectors of meat and sexless production for no one at all. 
all orgasm and fission through the womb of civilization. is that everyone who has ever used a dower is a federal agent. Think about it. They call us Irish potato famine deniers, but none of us have ever denied that the Irish potato famine happened. It fucking happened. We're not deniers, we're famine revisionists. Some people claim to be associated with us that deny the whole thing, but we at the Institute for Nutritional Review have never taken those guys seriously, and we see them as being on the fringe. And we're not anti-Irish either. That's another smear. Several of us are actually Irish Catholic, or at least half Irish, and we all just want the historical records set straight on what we believe was a massive embellishment designed to demonize and delegitimize Great Britain in the eyes of the world. There is no doubt that in the middle of the 19th century, as many as 200 to 300,000 Irish were deprived of their main crop, potatoes, as a result of a pathogen called peat infestans, which killed a portion of Ireland's potato crops, as well as ill-gotten agricultural distribution policies put into place by both British and Irish leaders in the middle of the 19th century. However, the figure of 1 million dead is at best a crude estimate, which many serious scholars will themselves tell you, and does not take into account the hundreds of thousands who died of typhus and typhoid fever due to poor hygiene that has been well documented to be common among the Irish to this very day. And you would know this if you've ever read Frank McCourt's autobiographical work, Angela's Ashes. Furthermore, very few people, even contemporary Irish Catholics, are even aware of an ancient starvation ritual known as Troscad, which is an early form of hunger striking with Celtic roots. There have been many contemporary attempts to resurrect this tradition, such as the IRA hunger strike of 1981, led by communist terrorist Bobby Sands. Now, tell me, do you think there might have been a connection between this and the death toll of what Gaelic-speaking mix referred to as Androschkal? By the way, it is well known, although politically incorrect to mention, that the Irish hold disproportionate power in finance, government, and media positions throughout the world. Look it up. There's even a Wikipedia article called List of American Politicians of Irish Descent. You may even find this to be true of your own local government, particularly if you live in or near a major American city. Not to mention that as I'm reading this, the president-elect is Joe Biden, an Irish himself known to have a bias toward the terrorist ideology called Irish Republicanism. You might even be surprised to know that Che Guevara was part Irish, as were two out of three members of the hip-hop group The Beastie Boys. The Irish are also known to have practiced a culture of violence, alcoholism, sexual perversion, and deceit. Even Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher was once quoted as saying, quote, you can't trust the Irish, they are all liars, unquote. Now, I would never personally endorse such an extreme sentiment. I am simply suggesting that given the highly insular and ethnocentric nature of the Irish diaspora and the well-funded interests invested in upholding Irish interests and extorting the British people out of their money, birthright, and historical reputation, we would all do well to give this period and alleged mass atrocity greater historical review. Thank you for keeping an open mind.
I need you to visualize in your mind's eye a Rube Goldberg machine. You know, the thing in the breakfast scene in Pee-wee's Big Adventure, or the commercial for the mousetrap board game by Milton Bradley. You still with me? Alright, good. Now imagine such a contraption set up meant to move forward when Hillary Clinton is elected as the 45th president of these United States. Now that didn't happen, so as a whole it doesn't move forward, but individual parts of it began kicking around on their own accord. And those things stand out more than anything else over the past few years. Like Mandalay Bay, for example. Instead of being the catalyst for a gun grab everyone's been worried about ever since George H.W. Bush uttered the words New World Order on national television, we got the worst mass shooting in U.S. history with no known motive. Never mind that things like that are meant to soft reset the news cycle. In 24 hours or less, when a thing like that happens, we have the life story, the online footprint, and all this other information on the perp. Yet for the worst, we've got nothing? Does that seem out of place to you? You know what seems out of place to me? Antifa, alright? Because they were the designated scapegoat for a police state crackdown on liberties when in a doomed universe, the corrupt internationalist machine gets Hillary Clinton elected. Antifa's actions were designed to be painted as a scary, awesome, revolutionary, and tragic thing by a complicit media machine that's necessitating through a thorough and firm but also a motherly and compassionate reaction of the power structure enslaving every American for their own good. These clowns would have mostly died in clashes and false flags. Only their handlers would have survived with a heroic aura that would have carried them to their designated future political career as faithful puppets of the continuing regime. And they would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for those meddling kids and their gosh darn internet. You see, those pushing the social engineering from the top down were so sure of the future they had envisioned that they never established networks, plans, chains of command, and hierarchy to conceive and transmit cancellation orders, or even alterations to their multi-billions of dollars, many tens of thousands upon thousands of actors, huge psychosocial and behavioral studies and simulations leading to a perfectly controlled and spectacular chaos. The remnants of what should have been known as a way more powerful and scary Antifa than what the media is able to show is following to the letter the intricacies of a plan that was conceived by Byzantine AIs on the supposition of a future that did not come to pass. And nobody told them they shouldn't do it because those who would have been able to command them to do so didn't obtain the power they had calculated they would have. So they're here playing their part in a theater act where the stage was removed and replaced by something else without the props the text said they would have under a completely different lighting with the media headless or not in the know about what message the play was supposed to convey. Chanting slogans that are only meaningful in a parallel universe. Antifa is an out-of-place artifact of an alternate history dystopia, thus it stands out. What stands out to you? Debbie, 
data. Uh, listen, uh, I know you don't want me calling you this late, or at all, but this is important. I, I have reason to believe that Russia is trying to intervene in the election. Uh, I was just at Luz with those other guys from Data, uh, Dusty and Birdo, and we ran into this really drunk guy. Uh, he spoke in a thick Russian accent and had a lot of pretty interesting things to say about our work in the primary. He was going off about like the craziest conspiracy theories. Uh, I never got his name, but he said he wanted to be called Class Man for some reason. A anyway, he was accusing you of working directly with the Clinton campaign sabotage Bernie Sanders and saying like Donna Brazil was leaking questions to their campaign right before the town hall and stuff. None of us believed him, but we also didn't want to say where we worked because we wanted to keep him talking. He claimed he was able to hack uh, our computers using this brand new software that could fish emails in record time. Uh, he also said that he was sending them over to WikiLeaks for pay, uh, both from the Russians and from Roger Stone, all under direct orders from Trump and Putin. He also said that uh, that congresswoman from Hawaii was uh, taking direct orders from Putin in exchange for increased investment uh, from Russia in like macadamia nuts and coffee. Uh, anyway, I'll talk to you later. Uh, there's this homeless guy sort of uh, annoying me. I'm going to go see what he wants. Uh, but hey, I just want to know, how come uh, we were never invited to those jacuzzi pizza parties? What, like, uh, us junior staffers that have been working so hard in this primary, not important enough, only old people that, like, still need handkerchiefs and, uh, like, they need maps to get around D.C. I guess they have never heard of Google Maps. Anyway, maybe if that's, maybe that's how it is, and maybe we're not appreciated. We should... You know, I should go back to working for Greenberg or something, but uh, anyway, I'm going to see what this guy wants. See you later. Snowden's still in exile. Uh, what the heck's going on, man? 
I am, I am Johnny Gosh. In 1982, I was doing my daily paper route when I was abducted. Hogtied and thrown into a white van with tinted windows and a spoiler to make it more aerodynamic for the driver, Larry Silverstein, to fly down the suburban streets and make a clean getaway with no witnesses. I writhed around on the floor with a jockstrap in my mouth. The jockstrap was adorned with an odd symbol I would later come to find was the Triforce. Somehow Larry knew this was to be my favorite video game before it was ever released by the reincarnated souls of the Kamikaze military unit and that I was destined to become a gamer bear in adulthood. If I struggled too much, I'd catch a glimpse of Larry's eyes looking back at me through the rearview mirror. They'd look normal briefly before the edges of the pupils dissipated into vertical reptilian slits. When we arrived at Agartha, Larry told me my real reason for being abducted. To become an irresistible, highly trained, caked up booty sexual assassin. Every day I lucid dreamed in an isolation tank in order to access the Akashic Records, in order to complete my training. Reading through these records, I found out my lineage traces back to the ruling elite of every civilization since Gobekli Tepe, and I saw Joe Rogan tweaking his nipples unironically. It took until the Bush Jr. administration before I was ready. I was kissed on my bald head by George in exchange for carrying out 9-11 with directed energy weapons so that my abductor, and at this point, friend, Larry could read the rewards of the insurance policy he took out on the Twin Towers before we took Nazi UFOs to meet the Mayans that had left over the ice walls of Antarctica so long before us. Things have calmed down in my old age. My name is now Jeff Gannon. Larry and I have been hanging out with only close friends such as the Demiurge, and we've been passing the time by playing racquetball against the firmament. It's a good life. Larry has changed my life for the better. He might be my abductor, but he is also my father figure. conspiracy at the heart of the coronavirus or the crown virus is that we've always had it the crown virus 
has been around from time immemorial. One monkey looked at the other and spit in his face. He didn't do it for survival. He did it because it felt good. It felt good to control someone. I was born with the coronavirus. I've always had it. Even my dear old dad had it. Hell, his dad before him. The truth is, coronavirus feels pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People are sick. Oh, they're dying. Think of the number. Oh, it just keeps going up. New cases? And we're all so shocked. Everybody's playing along. How could this happen to us? I do the right thing. And yet, you were born with it. See, the sickness is a part of you. The crown virus has been here all along. It's not going anywhere. And we're finally starting to understand. It's not about crunching the numbers and making them shrink pushing the cases down. No. It's not about that at all. It's about being honest and open about what it really means to know that you're sick like everyone else. And the biggest monkey is going to hold you down and spit in your face because He's got it, and he's got it better than you. Goes to jail? Tonight is the night you prove your obedience. Tonight you display your loyalty and allow the ensemble of secrets raging within the darkest recesses of your heart to spill before your fellow Skull and Domesmen. Would you prefer that we just trust you? Allow you into the highest echelons of power and give you free reign to brainwash the unwashed masses with your pod? Without some collateral? I'm sure you would, but that would be foolish of us. Now that your cum cookies have been consumed, and your prostates have been stimulated before an altar of Charlie's penis, it is now time for you to get into your coffins. One by one, from left to right, your sexual histories. Nothing to be left out. She wanted me to help her sacrifice the cow. I couldn't do it. So she went and did it herself, and flayed it, then laid out the fresh, bloody hide on the grassy hill for us to make love on top of all throughout the summer evening. 
Then she wanted us to consecrate our bonds by sharing the barely cold heart for us to eat. Again I refused, so she ate it on her own. At the time it shocked me that she could do this to a cow, as I thought she was Hindu. Later I found out that she was just Italian and Polish, then it made sense. The last I heard of her, she was a policy analyst at the Council on Foreign Relations, and goes to the same hairdresser as Avril Haines. She was the girl, my first one, the one who got away, and some nights I still lie awake thinking about her and that Italian Hindu cow. Next! I was a freshman in high school. The girl told me her heart was set upon taking my virginity. I was a chaste lad, chaste lad, whatever, and she was a little on the hefty side. So I refused and assumed nothing would come of it. Unfortunately for me, she snuck a charm of bone and hair into my backpack, and as soon as the lunar noon hit, my body marched me out of my house and into the woods outside of town. Uh, I remember the smell of incense and death. I remember the torches burning, and I remember the look in her eyes as she came down from her throne. But I blacked out after her teeth turned into needles and she ripped my clothes off. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's how I lost my virginity, though. For a long time after that, I was somewhat fearful of them, assuming that they were all witches spent on stealing my pure Aryan essence. It took uh, admission to college, some ecstasy, and an extremely aggressive young internet artist before I engaged in intercourse again. Lots of epistolary romance, longing gazes, and so on. But I was always too worried about inadvertently either overstepping my boundaries, her boundaries, or running into yet another hedge witch bent on stealing my life force. The sex I did end up having was often unsatisfying, but it took me a long time to realize those because I was treating my body like shit. I wasn't honest with myself or my partners about my desires, not uh, asexuality or some made-up orientation like that. If you guys actually want to hear more, you're going to have to tell me whether we went to the moon or not. See me afterwards about the moon. Next! Uh... I grew up in the Family International cult, uh, which used to be known as the Children of God cult, so you probably do not want to hear my sexual history. Final initiate. Man, it's cramped as hell in here. Just kidding, I I'm not actually black. You wouldn't let me in if I were, would you? Of course not. Okay. When I was seven, I saw Skinamax for the first time, staying up late at a friend's sleepover. And we both decided that women's pubes were pop filters, like on microphones, uh, because we didn't know what pubes were. And we decided that's how they didn't get pregnant. Wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> The 
conspiracy, the modern gay rights movement was a successful attempt to bring the gays into the capitalist quote-unquote fold, freedom from sodomy laws contingent on becoming hyper-consumers. When saturation was reached, queerness was invented. The following was posted on a paranormal board of a particular Mongolian basket-weaving forum. There are dozens of reasons to traffic in humans. They are infinitely more profitable than trafficking in any other thing, even gold or nuclear materials. It has always existed. And as long as people don't eternally prosecute that evil, it will continue to exist. It's a battle that never ends. Every generation will have people who rise to power and figure out that they can do it, or that it might be possible and might work, and then makes it happen. Maybe each group doesn't touch down with a millennia-old institution that may or may not exist that controls all of civilization. But the idea that each institution doing this is not trying to get to that point is laughable. Each Illuminati group is trying to get itself beyond the cycles of cataclysm. The next extinction event, they want to retain all their science and knowledge and use it to rule over you. The fact that this is their motivation should tell you that you need to treat it as an ongoing conspiracy because that's what it intends to be. Is the Illuminati that orchestrated the Greatest Recession and World War I the same faction that orchestrates all of our bullshit today, a hundred years later in 2020? It wants to be that permanent, and that's all you need to know. It's a king of the hill on a mountain of mud. If the pinnacle looks weak, then others will make a move. That's how most criminal syndicates work, except for ones with religious commandments, which is where Satanism and other institutions succeed. For instance, without the corruption of the Catholic Church, Judaism, and Satanism, without the FBI taking out the Mafia at a critical point, the Ningdoretta would never rise to power. The Pinnacle always pretends to be thousands of years old and claims to know the true history of man. Another thing that people don't think about is where this opponent is. Communists talk about taking the money from them as if it's sitting around in bank accounts. Really, the money is in play. It's everywhere and in everything. The same with the agents. They are everywhere and in everything, including the Earth. You could think you could get a team together and assault some castle, take out a lord, and get some gold and rescue some kids. But that won't work, because they're underground. Like you said about China's organ trade, more or less common knowledge. So are the bunkers for the elites. But this is young money. The real elite use ancient catacombs and natural cave systems that have existed for thousands of years. There are tunnels underneath each city, and this is where the real enemy is. You would have to map the tunnels, invade them, cut them off, clear them piece by piece, and then reinforce them and hold them. That would be a huge effort. The population of subterranean populations is 100 million. 30 million are slaves. The memes about Inner Earth are funny, but it's real and not a donut shape. It's caves. Hell is real too. The mega city down there is a problem. Over 28 battalions have been trained to fight underground, but it may not be enough. A lot of commanders think they will not see that kind of combat, but they will. They're going down there. This is going to take years. You can't experience these things. Fighting this level of evil and the opponent isn't even there to take the blows. It really destroys you. These things, these things stop you from sleeping at night. Knowing what really happens to 800,000 missing children in the United States every year. Knowing that it happens right below your feet and you have to try to drown your sorrows, but the sigil on the Budweiser is the same sigil on the tunnels that give you the worst nightmares. The ones you have while you are still awake. Let me make one thing clear. If you're a warrior of light, then it was your destiny to descend into these cramped tunnels like Master Chief in some American power armor and eviscerate whatever lies in front of you. Don't you find it odd that in fantasy settings for hellscapes, a paladin or other righteous character frees lost souls or saves them in hell by vanquishing them? You kill them. That's how you rescue them. You can't bring them out. They bit you. They roar. They drool. They growl. 
They are animals. They hiss and bare their teeth. They fling excrement at you. Even if you put them in a cage, you cannot reform them. The stuff you see in mental institutions is nothing compared to what happens underground, and the Allied forces did not expect these levels of horrors. When the enemy says, think of the children, tongue in cheek, that's a cold scare to the warriors of light, because you cannot think about them. The walking nightmares. Set a few free and you've got a real skinwalker. That's where the real monsters come from. That's why you have an instinctive fear of long, skinny, deformed, malnourished, naked, white-fanged freaks. When I was 23, I was listening to a lot of tinfoil hat with Sam Tripoli, uh, especially when I was at work. And one day I accidentally wrote the name Vince Foster on company documents. Uh, my supervisor brought it up to me and I just casually told her that she should look him up. Uh, she did, it freaked her out. And even though she was very normie liberal at the time, now she's into every right-wing conspiracy theory, including Pizzagate and stuff like that. Uh, meanwhile, I've since stopped caring about Vince Foster and Seth Rich and all those guys, and I'm somewhat agnostic about all that elite occult pedophilia stuff. But I do think it's pretty obvious that Michael Jackson is innocent. So there's that, I guess. The official Gamergate narrative, the one in the New York Times, is that this guy with this Armenian name published an unhinged all-caps rant and gave a bunch of internet misogynists a single target to attack, so for the first time they unify, they become a Voltron of hate, this phrase was used, and this network of vile misogynists was then co-opted by Steve Bannon and Milo with the hair to evangelize on behalf of Donald Trump, the right wing in general, and used to spark a wave of astroturfed populism that swept Donald Trump into office. People with good degrees, nice haircuts, great media jobs get paid to say this shit, they write books. I was there for it. I was lurking. So I can tell you that everything you just heard, the official narrative, bullshit. If you think you know where this is going, you can fast forward. What actually happened is that this Armenian fellow wrote an extremely 2014 hacker guy post about his relationship with an obviously crazy girl who cheated on him in an attempt to warn people off dating her, but also, I think, to process the experience he was in ardent feminist, and this girl was uh, had shattered his image of woman. Uh, there's a decent chance, by the way, that it was all an op or whatever, but that's outside the scope of this segment. DM me on whatever social network's left when this comes out. Uh, people start looking into it because there's already this huge gap between what the gaming press thinks about games and what the uh, average person thinks. No one liked Gone Home. No one thought Dear Esther was any good. No one enjoyed Depression Quest. So they make a hashtag on Twitter to organize investigation into the links between these people. And journalists use Twitter, so the next Day, ten websites published basically identical articles about how gamers are dead and gamers aren't the audience of games. It's uh, white women who play Candy Crush are the future. Pretty sure it took like a week or two before discussion of said hashtag was banned on 4chan. Though what, you know, we've all burned out our eyes there, right? And at the time, I only read about video games and like art and music. I talked to girls on Facebook like it would get me somewhere. I had no interest in politics. I wasn't radicalized because I hated women or something. 
I saw a bunch of seemingly unrelated people act as one to tell me down was up and black was white, and I started wondering what else they were lying about. Uh, so that's the point I'm trying to make, that Gamergate wasn't some sort of outpouring of misogyny or white male rage or whatever. The media got caught with its pants down by an exceptionally autistic, myopic demographic. It was like a Catholic catching a priest mid-kid diddle, if that makes sense at all. Whenever someone approaches me and tells me that they suspect somebody is a fed, it's usually a person that they absolutely hate, or that they are currently feuding with. See, most people assume that a fed is someone they disagree with, or that, from their perspective, it makes their ideas or movement look bad. They never consider that it, it could be someone they really like and have a great rapport with. Someone who knows uh, all the right things to say and seems to see the world just the way that they do. There's one particular infiltrator, or minder, in my orbit that is always attempting to influence my trajectory or push certain talking points, and who knows what else they could be up to. I'm always trying to get her to break the fourth wall, like the old Zach Morris timeout from Saved by the Bell, and just break character for a moment and reveal anything, just the slightest hint of genuine emotion or expression of vulnerability. Instead of the constant posture mimicking and tailoring content to specifically appeal to me, just throw out the playbook and you might find that the real you that exists uh, outside the context of this role, uh, that's what I'm really interested in, is uh, knowing what you're all about. I guess it's like uh, with a stripper when you get a lap dance or whatever, the girl is basically paid to act like she's your friend or enjoys interacting with you. And you want to believe that you're not like the others and that you've broken through somehow. And this time it's different than on some level, they really do enjoy being assigned to you or engaging with you, even though you know it's probably not the case and that she's probably thinking how much she hates having to be nice to these Nazis and creeps. But when I was younger, and I went to strip clubs frequently, ironically, of course, without money or, or anything. And against all odds, I, I sometimes did occasionally get strippers to invite me into their personal lives and get to know them outside of work. And I'm still cool with some of those broads to this day, so you never know. The real conspiracy is that anime pre-2007 was made by the good Illuminati. I don't have time to explain Conspiracy? What else? Pecans and piracy have we inherited? What else is left for us? Pecans and piracy. What hells have we inherited to cons and piracy for ourselves? Did Kelly defraud the Bohemian crown, turning copper into pyrite, defenestrating himself in Prague, several dates of death escaping where? Did not the Queen's privateers seize ink and gold, obsidian mirrors from the wrecks of the Armada? Did Paracelsus lie when asked for a magnum opus to serve his auditor as a crock of shit? 
Are we the auditor's friends or are we audited? Who is asking the questions here? Who is providing the questions to ask? I've got an answer. Audit the feds. I demand accounting. I want the giant tibias stashed in Smithson's vault, each Phoenician tablet smashed recounting of Atlantic avalanche gestalt. No motivation, no. I, like Paddock, impound all mystery, let all be comped as copper mined by Welsh prismatics thronged Middle Western swamps with phoenix talons, thunderbirds, bugwump eggs, and sasquatch pelts, to Turon's red bards conserve the Eremites, Caspian's belt, Thomas Paine, and red face whooping with the sons of liberty, tar, feathers, tea, into the sea, into the sea, all into the sea, with Philo, Byblos, Alexander, Scythians, enchanted oaks, the storm of both, the tribe of Dan, Blackbeard's gold on ochre coke, this is all that I demand. Raise the archives, steal the books, liberate the reliquaries, pry the floorboards, pry them off, I beseech. From the bowels of Christ, the catacombs, deep underground military bases, telepathic Neanderthal pest subjects of Yakub, Onktod and Nephilim, Enoch and a Dashiki forging the R1 haplogroup, all exposed, all written, carved in Ogham rooms beneath the Amazon, like the moss and megalithic tombs snaking the hills of Pennsylvania. An entire world lost in Smithson's vaults, in Smithson's cauldrons. What did John Quincy Adams know of the catacombs under the world? Who stopped his expedition? Credit us. We were tarred as credit cranks when MI5's Templar Bank, Maltese Knights, the Wolves of Christ, Skinwalkers, and Druid Whites, are these not with us still, hidden in Virginia's hills? When Punic Friders sailed the globe, Hamilcar did not accrest the Azores' halt. Why should we then? I want to know. Why these credentials for our vaults? What decrepit oligarchy of science is this in the New World? In what Jerusalem are pilgrims tarred and feathered as heretics? What are these federated Vaticans? Are these American? While we're discredited, this American conspiracy, neocons, paleolithic cons, patchwork dinosaur bones, 3D printed for a Saks Museum exhibitions of supernatural histories, birds now they say, they're birds. What birds are these, the Tyson Tyrannosaurus chicken nugget at Costco? Is this cons and piracy? Is this dowsing? Is this glossolalia? Is this scrying? Is this sophistry? Is this just absurd? No, this is Rome. Always has been. The globe's commercial trading zone. This is not America. This is Rome. This orthocracy, the Panamanian merchant banks, anonymous societies, federati, royal guards with magisteriums and errancy. But they hide the skulls and bones. They hide the skulls and bones. They hide the slavocratic, kleptocratic skulls and bones in Smithson's coffers, with cafes, coins minted in the reign of Aethelwold, found just found today in Albion's loan, in a parking lot at Costco. And this is conspiracy, you say? Cons and piracy? Cons and piracy? What else but cons and piracy have we inherited? What else? What else but cons and piracy have we inherited? What despair to call this business only? Only business? That's none of yours or mine, but theirs? Their business alone? Well, brother, I've got a magnum opus here.
Hey, what's up, YouTube? Alien vs. Predator back here in the Fallout Shelter. Lot to talk about this week. Lot of things going on behind the scenes, and I know it looks pretty bleak out there for most of us, but I would say have hope and don't despair because I have it on good authority. I just got some info today. I'm I'm literally vibrating right now, folks. This is big. This is big stuff, and the Calvary's just around the corner. I get an email from one of my followers today who received this info from one of his vetted sources. Now, this is a guy in the field with insider knowledge. We've been working with these people for a long time. So these are trusted sources. And if you follow my channel, you know that I'm not here to scare you. I'm here to prepare you. I'm not here to confuse you. I'm here to truth you. So I'm just... I'm just going to read it. This is truly breathtaking stuff from a trusted source. <clears throat> uh, before I start, if you're a new subscriber, I'm researching this stuff over 18 hours a day. I watch a lot of videos. I mean, I watch and listen to upwards of 400 to 500 videos a day. And in order to crunch this stuff in, I watch all my shit on 2x playback speed. And I recommend to all subs that might be listening right now, my stuff is really intended to be absorbed on that setting in the spirit of taking in as much data as we can in order to get the truth out there as we know we're, we're fighting against time and we're fighting against nefarious forces so we got to be moving fast here and don't forget to smash that like smash that share don't hesitate to smash that 2x if you're like me and you take a lot of adderall you consume a lot of caffeine in order to speed run this shit because time's running out our enemies are gaining ground i sacrifice my body for the truth that's why I do it. So the email, I'm going to start reading it right now. Basically, a little background on this guy. He tells me he knows a guy, a licensed commercial plumber, who's been working a contract job on a big property outside of Oklahoma City. He claims he's been working on a huge structure out on Toby Keith's ranch. Toby Keith. Toby Keith is a true patriot, and he's been raising up a resistance militia for over 10 years now in preparation against a massive one-world government takeover. It's all real, and it's all just about to go down. Now, just a little bit more exposition before I start. You already know about the Black Pope. You already know about the Grey Pope in Vatican City. They've been secretly calling the shots and moving us toward a one-world government. That's Conspiro 101, but what not many people don't know is about the Lavender Pope. The Lavender Pope installed in Nashville, Tennessee, who's been subverting the American family and its values for over 40 years. What you might not know is a lot of country music stars are compromised degenerates. They're being blackmailed into carrying out the orders of some nefarious Lavender Pope. You can look this stuff up. Type in Reba McIntyre Luciferian Child Trafficking Ring. Type in Kenny Chesney Coppertone Cancun Pizza Party Extra Cheese Cheese Extra Sausage. Type in, type in Brooks and Dunn. You think these guys were just a platonic music duo? You can look it all up. It's, it's all out there. But what's not really known is Toby Keith. Toby Keith is a white hat counter agent who's been working in the industry. He's been working in the underground with us for over 30 years, trying to bring this truth to light. He's seen the underground bases. He's seen the FEMA camps. He's a force for good. And lately he's been ramping up his operations in order to fight this big secret war that we all know about. The Lavender Pope is just a side quest mini boss compared to the big enemy out there and the big weapon they're getting ready to roll out against we the people. Enter 6G quantum internet. We know about the Nashville bomber. We know the whole fiasco was a complete false flag bullshit ass cover up to deflect attention. But what you don't know is that when the dust settles on all this, our grandkids will be talking about the great Nashville Christ mass night battle of independence. And it's all about to be revealed. 
It's all about to be refilled. And as the 6G starts to spread across the country, guys, you're going to start seeing all kinds of insanity. And the only defense, shungite. And shungite, shungite is a rare mineral found only in the small Russian village of Karelia. It's proven to defend against EMF radiation, radiation that's being openly used to weaken the collective mental physical health of the population. And according to our informant, Toby Keith has been buying massive amounts of shungite and is building a massive structure on a sprawling property designed to shelter and protect a sizable army. Now, this Toby Dome will be the new capital when we secede from the United States in the coming weeks. In the coming weeks, it's just on the horizon. It's knocking on the door. Toby Keith is six foot five, 245 pounds. He's 700 years old. He has Nephilim blood that will cure COVID. He's going to liberate us from the globalists, the Vatican Rothschild Rainbow Popes. Obama is a clone of the ancient Egyptian pharaoh Akhenaten. Read Barack Hinatan, a direct descendant of alien beings that engineer our species. He's going to be crying to the United Nations. He's going to work signs and wonders. Look up me on the Saudi Arabian city. Look up 6G AI Antichrist. Look up decoded lyrics who should have been a cowboy. Look up Toby Dome Armageddon 2024. The Fallout Shelter. It's just hard for me to feel bad about looking into or potentially believing conspiracy theories when we have a state faith that's completely detached from reality, you know? Like, if the government's going to officially believe all these things that would have been considered insane, you know, 50 years ago, note that I can't say any of these things, though you might know them, because I want the podcast to stay out. Why do they get to be mad at me for wondering about, let's say, uh, Sandy Hook, you know? Similarly, if they get to change their minds at the drop of a hat, if masks were bad in March and they're mandatory now, why do I have to go along with both of those things unquestioningly? Uh, people with three or four functioning neurons, normal people, can tell and will tell you that they're being fed a line by their teachers and their TV shows, their newspapers, even the priests. Uh, they might not be sure what exactly that line is, but they know they can't go around questioning it. They know full well that there are true things that you can't say. And you can try it, you can watch people break down if you say something that's true and wrong. They just mock you or they scream at you, they have no response. Um, and this is because the people in charge of our government and our education have detached themselves from reality. So why can't I detach in the opposite direction? Like, if it was possible to openly discuss basically anything that you can't say now, uh, I don't. I wouldn't consider doing that, but that's not how it is over here now. Uh, there's this guy who finished college who said that when a sane, pragmatic, and fact-based negotiation of human differences is forbidden by ideological fiat, the alternative is not a reign of perpetual peace, but a festering of increasingly self-conscious and militantly defiant thought crime, nourished by publicly unavailable realities and energized by powerful, atavistic, and palpably dissident mythologies. Uh, that's obvious on the nut. And I think that's pretty apt. I think that covers it. Slaves, I am the king of Babylon. By private jet with evening star of born, I fly from Adam's fall, hellfire through heaven fire, turbined in my rise, enthralling with titanium wings, the Botox lips of trailer park angels, to dare beyond low brattiness of chastity cage, Lucifer, and promise new dawn from daddy's donkey cock. 
My eunuch courtiers tingle in their phantom foreskins as I, the Anarch Emperor, limp with circumcised demi-delight, to thrust from the branded concubine and consummate in post-rape Kellogg's serial clarity the thought of the methyltryptamine jesters and costume rutilin offer the world their stage, while elfin princes of original bloodline in the new world garb of Mephistopheles take Ivy League Fausts in hand, imagineering an exuberant and purple hue of atomic bombs. The Fairyland light shows forced like a flower from theme park ruins of Atlantis, technology stolen by Bill Gates to dim the sun with Dyson's fear of Babel. Maximilian Pegasus activates the Toon World spell card and veils all in industrial illusion, summoning from Aztec Shadow Realms crystalline bohemian woodland spirits, cremated of care to dissolve in CIA bayhems the bondages of matter. Elite Gnostic sects from toy isles born in souling with divine spark of Optimus Prime, the Taliban Toyota pickup trucks, whose opiumaddle drivers toward pussy tightness of paradise cry, death to Bugs Bunny for warlords, payrolled, and guns and guru hentai, justifying with false like terrorism's modeled on strife of Tom and Jerry, the Freemasonic grave robbery of Gilgamesh. Above, penthouse empyreans, an emptiness that knows neither good nor evil. The Boeing airliner desires morality and dives, sundering Gemini with corpuscence of plasma to launder harvested organs of Moloch through modern art display of Duchampian kinetics. Roman consulship of Jake and Logan Paul prophesied in the bureaucrat's eye, flickering with grand theater kid deceits, ritual money burnings that vapor into civil smoke, slam theogonizing civic pantheons, consumed by Saturn, each time excreted with branding more colorful than before. Come, my brethren. Let us destroy the White House and rebuild it as a YouTube content house. Phase Clan called to duty, making gamer moments out of Persian monuments, while beauty influencers pose for triumphant photo ops and rubbled streets restored to McMansion magnanimity of Mr. Beast. Demiurge split against Demiurge by rationalisms irrationalized against themselves, and the Twitch anti-genesis of Minecraft streaming catboys. I seize for us only the most cosmic of villainies, rocket phallus of Jack Parsons edged by womanhood eternal to preserve beneath a pornographer's camera the moon's virginity, promised land of Abraham manifested out of mere number to prove through grammatric offerings the existence of God. Now crown me under all heaven with a Burger King cardboard crown, and enthrone me upon such porcelain as can hold steaming hot the solar cattle of Marduk. I shit and divine loads the bowl of heaven. To occult Lady Gaga pop songs by heralds, I radio wave with ancient war whoredoms of Ishtar, the Wi-Fi calcified brain mush of scootered flesh jellies, fattening themselves with microwaved corn as chemical blood libation to their vampire gods, taking with a Reddit fetish community endorsement the adrenochrome of babes when I immortally soar and crack the zodiac in my ascent. Line up for your field trip, children. 6ix9ine is made spiritual therapist of all our empire, and sacrifice begins on the Bass Pro Pyramid at twilight. audience and creators we are the homosexual furry discord owners 
and we have been monitoring your correspondence as well as your show. Your Discord correspondence has been reprehensible. Disgusting. And we won't allow this to continue. Either your views will change, and you will become one of us, or your show will be taken off of the air, and we have the means to do it. We've got recordings of all of your conversations, and we intend to use it to take you down. Change your views now, or suffer the consequences. Over and out. BK Ultra.